And welcome back to Bar Down Breakdown. I'm your host, Mikey Ryan, live from the Hive, joined by my boy, Tommy V, from the land of Disney. Tommy, what's going on, dude? What's up, what's up, what's up? Oh, man, just uh, trying, to, trying to keep myself sane. Uh, I've been um, just, like, blowing out all of my wireless headphones and just getting them down to the, to the bare bones of their batteries. Just listening to a ton of music and uh, just trying to, you know, just trying to keep it together while we're staying at home, flattening this curve, you know? Amen, dude. So um, I guess we can kind of give people a head start. I know we're going to really talk about it in depth on our 50th episode. Like, can we let that sink in for a moment? 50 episodes of this craziness? Like, definitely didn't think that that was going to happen. But um, (laughs) yeah, so we have a a special 50th episode that we've already recorded. And, uh, you know, with all these brackets that are going around and whatnot, um, one of them stuck out to me was the early 2000s emo bracket. And Mm -hmm. by no means, it's not perfect, but it definitely got Tom and I thinking and like reminiscing about the good days good old days of emo and uh what tom and i have done is created spotify playlists for all of the bands that are in those brackets and picked like our favorite song or a song that we think really represents that band well and created a little playlist and it's cool like you know some of the bands we did pick the same songs and then other bands were you know, even off completely different albums. It, it was just really yeah. cool what we came up with. So um, I will throw that link out if you guys want to check out our Spotify playlist that we've created. I think that they'll definitely uh, make you feel nostalgic and, and all those good feelings that go with that kind of music. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Not only that, but like, you know, you can just throw that playlist on and just transform yourself back 15 years. Um, you know, like it, it forced me to kind of listen to like records and even bands that I haven't touched in, uh, in quite some time, uh, which I thought was a kind of cool thing, you know, um, obviously, you know, some of the bands that are on that playlist are still making music today. Other bands have stopped and there are new bands and all that kind of stuff. But, um, what I, you know, tried to do, and I think what Mikey tried to do as well is really pick the, the songs that we thought were the best representation of those bands. Cause you know, obviously me being me, if I went with my favorite song from each of those bands, they'd probably have a bunch of songs on that playlist that people would be like, Oh, I've never even heard of that song. I didn't even know that this was a song that that band had, but yeah, so yeah it was on their you, uh, Japanese release from yeah, exactly. <laughs> their but, B side you know, like, that, that would be Tom's cup. That, of- like, but you know, it's like kind of crazy. Like, so like my favorite starting line song, right. Is the song birds from, um, from their like last full, like full length record. Like that's my favorite starting line song. I, like it's just the, the way it sounds, how it's built together, everything. That's my, favorite song but like i would never put that song on a playlist that would be representative of what people think of when they think of the starting line they think of best of me they think of leaving they think of bedroom talk they think of island so you know i kind of tried to you know put a good representation of what i thought people would recognize these bands for um and uh and it was cool you know looking at mine versus looking at mikey's and just kind of seeing uh how we differed in the songs we chose I think it's super cool. And, uh, you know, I would challenge you uh, after you see, you know, these playlists 
is to maybe make one of your own, you know, with the, with the same 32 bands that are on that bracket. And we can see how they differ and what songs, you know, you guys out there that are listening and think represent these bands the best. And I'd love to interact with y'all and, and kind of get that, uh, get that difference in opinion for sure. Dude, you just so naturally dropped the y'all. <laughs> like, <laughs> like when I try to say it, it just feels so like forced and fake. But that that rolled off your tongue, dude. Listen, man, it's, you know, Florida will do that to you. Even though I've only been here for, you know, a little under two years, it's just kind of, it's it's good. I mean, I haven't gotten, like, too crazy. Like, um, you know, a lot of people down here, they say, like, like instead of, like, like oh, like, you're going to, like, a party? Like, you know, who's going to be there? They say shit like, oh, like, who all is going to be there? It's like, what the fuck? What is that? But that's, like, how that people say that kind of shit, man. I don't know. People say a lot of shit and, and you just it's kind of wild to think that like, you know, you go a thousand miles in, in any direction and you have a completely different dialect and all this different um, ways of speaking and ways of talking and, and, you know, different contractions and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, y'all's a cool word, man. It's, you know, if I could have worked it in more when I lived in Long Island, I would have. But I would have ended up sounding like um, Adam Lazara pretending to be a Carolina man but he's not a carolina man no you got it the wrong way pretending to be a long island man and he's not a long island man yeah but like he's so he kind of is i mean like no, i don't know not. every time i've seen him <laughs> like but like if you grow up someplace and like go to high school in that city like that's what defines you and he was like born and raised in north carolina like he is a north carolinian north carolinian i don't even is know that, if that's uh, the correct it, term but i'm just gonna i was go just gonna say it. is is that what you is that what you call I mean, I know like we're called, you know, down here they're Floridians, um, you know, New Yorkers, North Carolinas. Uh Carolinian sounds better, I guess. North Cacalakians. North Cacalakians. Yeah, that's that's the one, man. I don't know. Um, but uh yeah, those those brackets were a lot of fun to do. Um and, I actually uh, really did know, enjoy that. And like they that same person who created that one has created like many, many different brackets for like different time periods and even like different genres. So mm -hmm. it kind of just got me thinking, I kind of want to do it for some other ones because you know, that hour to two hours that I was really like thinking about it and yeah. just listening to like a bunch of different songs from each band. It just was so much fun. And then it also made me realize that I've never, ever listened to the band Finch like never. <laughs> yeah. I remember you had told me that. Um, and that's kind of wild because like Finch were like one of those bands that like, I mean, they only had a like, really two albums. I mean, they had, you know, an EP, but then they had, um, you know, the album that, you know, had letters to you and what it is to burn. And then they had that second record that really no one listened to, but Finch was just, they were one of those drive through bands, you know, that was like in the drive through spectrum of that time. You know, you had Finch, you had the early November, starting line something corporate um alistair like they were all like grouped together but finch was like a lot different they were a much more like aggressive band um than like a like a pop punk band or an emo band but hey i mean did you like any of the finch songs that you heard or were you like eh, i could have lived without them yeah I, I did not really like any of it and you know i'm sure that some people that didn't grow up in say our same genre of music if they listen to like what you know say like the early november a band that means like so much to you and i yeah they might be like oh my god like this is painful like this is not the greatest music but you know 
for us, it holds that like nostalgic feeling and just like so many great memories listening to that band. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe, you know, someone that was a huge Finch fan would be like outraged that I'm saying all this, but yeah, never really got into <laughs> them. And I didn't think it was that great. Hey man, listen, you know, everyone has their own kind of, um, you know, interpretation of their own ear space. I kind of say where he's just, you know, like I could love something. You might not love something. Um, you know, and, and the, that kind of bracket was very divisive in so much that, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you kind of listen back to and you try to figure, you know, if it holds up or if it doesn't hold up. But um, I think one thing that we could both agree on um, is uh, the guest we're going to have on our uh, pod today, uh, their entire discography is something that we both uh, love. And uh, we're going to be chatting with, uh, with Bill from Tiny Moving Parts. Um, super cool band. Uh, they kind of burst onto the scene in uh, 2012, 2013. They had put out uh, their first record, This Couch is Long and Full of Friendship. And then from there, uh, they ended up having uh, some stints on um, Triple Crown and then Hopeless Records. Put out a bunch of music. Uh, super talented three-piece of guys uh, from up there in um, uh, Minnesota. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's, a good, that's a good Minnesota, right? Yeah, hell yeah. Um, but uh, we uh, we talked a lot about a lot of cool stuff. Um, you know, we spoke uh, you know at length about you know tiny moving parts and some of the cool things they did, uh, some of the tours they've been on, how they came to be together. Uh, you'll hear that essentially they started playing together in like junior high, uh, and they've been playing together ever since. And uh, we talk a little bit about uh, you know Minnesota wild hockey. Uh, you know, talk about you know the differences between hockey you know up north versus hockey down south. A lot of cool stuff in this interview, so, uh, you know, you'll get to hear it all, so I'm not going to talk too much more about it, but um, one of the other things that, um, you know, kind of stuck in my craw is we, we talked, uh, you know, with Bill, and you'll again, you'll hear it a little bit about, um, you know, the music videos they've done and how, like, the music video, um, like, kind of development itself is changing because there really isn't much of a place for music videos anymore, but uh, talk about a, a cool little thing that he did in one of their music videos, but. Uh, that's all I got. So anything you got to add on that, uh, Mikey? No, let's get right to it. So, uh, Sweet. you know, here's our interview with Bill or AKA wild bill of <laughs> tiny moving parts. Enjoy. chevalier of tiny moving parts bill what's going on dude 
Yo, what's up? How's it going? It's good, man. You know, really excited to have you on. Um, Tom and I both did albums albums of the year, like top 10 for 2019, and Tiny Moving Parts, Breathe, was on both of our lists. So super excited. Oh, yeah, super excited to chat with you and uh, just pick your brain and also uh, our first Minnesota Wild fan on the pod. So that's super exciting, too. <laughs> Hell yeah. So um, how are you guys holding up? I know before we started recording, we, we chatted about how you were out on tour with Belmont and, uh, and Capstan and then had to kind of uh, cut it short with the whole coronavirus and only got a few, few days in before you had to head back home. Yeah, I mean, that was a bummer. And uh, being at home is getting a little boring, but it's kind of when we're not on tour, we kind of sit at home and do nothing. So it's only a little worse than usual, but yeah, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. Now, I know it was only a few dates, but how was the response like of the the headlining tour? Oh, it was great. Yeah, uh, we uh, Jetty Bones opened, so we we knew their crew, but then uh, like Capstan and Belmont, we had never met them before, so yeah, we got three days in, and it was looking like it was going to be an awesome tour. We were getting really excited, and then it just kind of fell apart really quickly. Yeah, I mean that obviously, you know, it's just it's you know I, I use the word unprecedented all the time when we talk about this because that's really what it is. I mean it's you know, all of, you know, the entire music industry has experienced something they've really never had to deal with, which is just, you know, having it all just get shut down. So, I mean, there's really no way to anticipate or, or kind of reel off of that. But, um, so just out of curiosity, um, so that tour, uh, you know, that you guys were, were doing with, with Capstan and Belmont and JD Bones, um, it, just to get some insight on it. So, that being like a, a headliner, for, like for you guys, really, like, is it you know the three of you guys in the band and, and and your management that has the input as to what tours get put together, or does you know it, it does the label have a lot to do with that? Like, how does that how does that work? You know, just for like some listeners to get a little bit of perspective, and for for even for myself, you know, like how do tour packages like get put together? Who chooses the bands? How much input do you guys have on that? Uh, I guess overall we kind of get final say, but okay. uh, like we're always like open to like ideas. Like, like now that we're on hopeless records, like I feel like they could like hit us up and be like, Hey, we'd really like you to bring this band out. Cause they're like an up and coming band. We're just putting a new album out in the fall and it'd be the perfect tour or something like that. And we'd be like, yeah, if we wanted to, yeah, of course. And then like, even if it was a band we didn't expect to pick or something, it's like, well, now there's a little more like reason to bring a different band on. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah. So in the end, we always like, we get the final say, but we're always asking like our management and booking sure. agents, like, who do you think we should bring? Or like, what, what band would you think would be good for this tour and stuff like that? Yeah. Because, you know, I, I'm sure like, you know, to, to one degree, you know, when you pick your support and all that kind of stuff, I mean, that really, you know, can, can bolster the people that are coming to see you guys, especially if it's an up, you know, an up and coming band or something like that. But I think also like at the same time, 
like, I mean, like, you know, I would consider, you know, of the couple of times that, you know, I've seen you guys and I've, I've gotten to, to chat with you guys, you know, the, you know, over the, the years that you guys have been a band, um, you know, I mean, like the three of you guys, you know, you guys seem to be very kind of like fun, level-headed kind of down to earth people. But at the same time, I mean, you know, if, uh, if you're taking a, a band out on tour and I mean, you're doing 30, 40 shows, I mean, you have to have some level of comfort with who you're going with, I guess. You know, obviously it's and, you know, like I feel like these days too, like a lot of bands that kind of run in these uh, in these circles, you know, we'll call it you know, Hopeless Records, Triple Crown, Equal Vision, uh, Epitaph, like a lot of, you know, a lot of the bands that are on these. I mean, I feel like a lot of people already have built in camaraderie from touring in the past. Maybe it's from, you know, festivals and, and you know, kind of being on long circuits. So, I mean, you kind of have that built in um, friendship with some people already. Um, but you know, like sometimes you just don't have the ability to like, you know, take your buddies on tour because it's just different schedules and this and that. Um, but I, you know, it's cool. I mean, you know, thinking about, you know, like that band Belmont, for instance, I mean, you know, I know they're kind of really picking up steam. They just put out a new EP. Um, but like sample size wise, obviously like Belmont being a little bit different from you guys, like, do you feel like tours like that are, are more beneficial where you have music that's not really in the same vein completely. And you've got a little bit of, of kind of disparity in between the bands that are on a bill. Uh, yeah, I guess it's like, uh, I think like touring with like, uh, like a genre package versus like a more like covers a wide ground kind of package, mm-hmm. like both have pros and cons and like, uh, you know, a tour can go great either way. Like having all the, you know, like, like we've toured with Free Throw, uh, I think three times and like, they're like a very similar band. So I think that like solidifies people to come out like, oh, like mm-hmm. both these bands I like. So that helps. And then like, also like, like Belmont's a little different. Uh, I think that also has like fans of them come out and see us that went to Kelm without them on the bill kind of thing like that. So mm-hmm. I think overall, uh, both have enough pros and cons to where there's, you know, there's no right or wrong way to book a tour. Cool. Sure. And, uh, and, and then just, just one more quick question, just to get a, again, a little bit more perspective. So, I mean, obviously, sure. you know, you guys did, um, uh, you know, pretty much from 2014 to 2018, you know, I guess it was pleasant living, celebrate and swell all of which were on, Triple Crown, and then uh, you know, with the with Breathe, you made the jump over to Hopeless. So, what was the kind of what was the transition like for you guys? You know, obviously dealing with you know a, a label for for you know four or five years, and then jumping into a different one. Do they operate uh, a, a lot similarly? You know, are there a lot of similarities, or is it kind of a very different experience? Uh, I guess it is. It is different, but it's not like like it doesn't feel like really different like with triple crown uh the owner fred like i feel like we talked to him and it was uh like him running the show and it felt like very much like fred's triple crown and okay. like, that was great and loved that loved him and like with hopeless i feel like they probably got more than 20 different people on staff between like oh, wow. people and like we just did an australia tour and like someone from hopeless was at one of the shows because he works out in australia for them and like it's just like a lot more like 
people we know now because of it. And they like, there's little specialties for them and stuff to where like Fred was kind of just like Fred was triple crown. And then there's like a big group of people for hopeless, I guess is like a difference. Got it. So it's like, you know, it kind of having the, um, you know, the road to one person versus trying to kind of figure out what road you need to take to the appropriate person for this and that. And the other thing is that kind of like how, how it feels sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. Cool. Now, Bill, do you feel like you are going to have like a permanent connection to the guys in like Belmont and Capstan and Jetty Bones because of this like whole experience? Uh, yeah. Like, especially if we're able to rebook the tour someday in the future, uh, like, and get to know each other even more. Like, everyone seemed really great. We only got, I think, three days to hang out. So, like, it was, it was short but sweet. But yeah, we went into it thinking we'd have like a whole month together. So that kind of sucked. It ended so brief, so swiftly, I guess. But, uh, yeah. Uh, both all three bands definitely want to take them on tour again, since it didn't really uh, pan out this time. Yeah. It's like one of those tours that you'll never forget. Like there's, it just stands out from all the others. Yeah. And I remember like, I think we were like a couple of shows in and then it was uh, like kind of hitting us like, Whoa, like this, the coronavirus is going to be bad. And it's, spreading and like yeah it's kind of like uh yeah it was a weird feeling like like you said unprecedented that's a good way to put it yeah it's it's like kind of like it's it's almost like the best word to use for it because it really is like you know nothing i mean the last time something like this really happened was probably back in you know the early 1900s where you know the like influenza outbreak like you shut down you know, the MLB and, and all this kind of stuff. But it's really like in our lifetimes, we've never seen something quite like this. Um, but, you know, I mean, we could kind of talk about it ad nauseum. But when when push comes to shove, um, you know, the whole idea is that going forward, um, you know, things are obviously going to have to change, especially in the in the music landscape, you know, because like I think of. Uh, like my experiences at like uh, at like the fest in, in Gainesville, for instance, where it was just like, you know, hundreds of people just cramming into small rooms and drinking and sweating all over each other. And like that was kind of like the ethos of it. And that was what made it so great. It was just like a bunch of, you know, people who love music all at, you know, all at one place at one time, just going over this this radius and just, you know, loving it. But you kind of feel like, you know they've announced the fest for 2020, you know, let's hopefully it happens in October, but you know, you almost got to kind of figure like, are some people going to now have some reservations about, you know, the whole idea of being crammed in against one another and sweating all over one another, you know, like, so like, I, I guess uh, the question surrounding that is like, you know, as a musician, like what are the things going through your head now when, you know, shows come back and music comes back, like of how you, you know, want to keep yourself healthy. Yeah. Um, gosh. Yeah. I didn't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go from here. Like, yeah, I'm just hoping we don't, you know, start doing things and then like, there's a second wave or something like yeah. I hope it sucks to wait, but like not waiting long enough seems way worse than, you know, being certain and all that. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's just the, the like that's the scary thing about it all is you just you don't really know when it's going to um, you know, be truly, truly safe for these things to start happening again. And then when they do, uh, you know, like I said, I, I I don't think the wise thing is just to, you know, business is normal. You know, I, I don't think that's really the right way to go about it. You know, you need to have, you know, sanctions and different things in place to make sure that going to shows is safe for everybody. Um, you know, whether that's, you know, smaller capacities, whether that's, um, you know, different ways to approach shows or whatever it is. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously, your music is never going to go away. You know, it's it's the livelihoods for so many people. And it's, you know, something that, you know, I love dearly. I'm sure, you know, so many people out there love it dearly. So that's just a, about the way that we're going to bring it back together in a safe way. Yeah, yeah. Now, I guess we can transition into some of the hockey talk. So, Bill, you <laughs> grew up in Minnesota, which is nicknamed the state of hockey. But in your childhood, you guys lost your NHL franchise and then had a few years where you didn't even have an NHL team. Like, can you tell us like what that was like to grow up in the state of hockey with kind of no hockey for a little bit? Yeah, I mean, that really made it so like growing up, I didn't really watch NHL. Like, I love watching the like like the college hockey around the Twin Cities, I've Frozen Five or something like that, Frozen Four. Mm-hmm. I, uh, like I always like that was what I remember watching for hockey, like growing up. And then I think it was around the year 2000 or something. So I'd have been like 10, 11 years old was when the Wild finally we finally got a team back. But like, yeah, I it was kind of frustrating not having a team and then like getting the wild and then it's just like kind of eking by like we've you know we've only been a team for 20 years and no stanley cup appearances or anything like it was always exciting thinking oh we're gonna make a playoff run and get in the playoffs but then it usually ends first round for us so and i mean like i can't imagine what you know like the the vitriol in, in Minnesota where like, you know, you've got the North stars who are, who are like a, like an institution there and then they get sold and they move to like Dallas, you know I mean? They move to like somewhere in Texas where like, you know, like, the, wh- like what is ice, you know, like, like yeah. <laughs> how far could you be away from where there could be ice? So, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine, you know, what people, you know, in Minnesota must've thought about that. It's like, heartbreaking but and then you're absolutely right you know you, you know the wild you know come into the league and obviously they've been you know a team that's had its ups and downs kind of lackluster overall but i mean they've got you know they've put together some you know have some good rosters and they've you know they made uh that one division championship i think in like oh six or oh seven i don't remember but um <laughs> but yeah i mean like i i totally get that but you know like but for college hockey like have you you know ever like been to like a like a live like college hockey game up there in in Minnesota? I actually I've only ever been to Wild Games at the XL Energy Center. I don't think I've ever seen hockey anywhere else. Oh wow, okay, that's cool though. So um, you know, uh, your experience, you know, kind of like watching the Wild and stuff. Like, um, you know, have you have you kind of like found that having that having hockey back has like brought 
you know, a lot of the, the people together? Have you found that it's just like a better, even though the team maybe not be the, the best team, have you found that just the energy is back there? Yeah, like it, uh, it is crazy being called the state of hockey and then seeing it <laughs> like dip as like I grew up. But uh, yeah, like going to a wild game, it's, it's a great feeling, like the environment, everyone's just excited to watch some hockey. Like it's really, I, I, I think I watch more basketball, but I would pick a, an NHL game over NBA just because it's such a fun vibe going to those. Now, I, I saw on your Instagram that you somehow like made it onto the Jumbotron, like, and like onto T, on TV, like you perfectly planned like where the camera was going to be so that you got on there. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were, uh, that was when we were recording Breathe. And we, on an off day, like Greg, who is our producer, he loved, he loves a lot. He's diehard. And uh, he's like, hey, we're supposed to take the night off. And there's a wild game. So we went and did it. And all of a sudden he's like, hey, if you look back, you can, like, you can see us on the thing. And like, he pointed out the camera. He, I don't know how he knew. I think he's just, he's been to a lot of games. And I was like, oh, holy shit. And I, I got my uh, phone out just in time to get a picture of that. <laughs> that's great like it, it looks like you weren't in the cheap seat so you were able to pull it off yep yeah yeah it was it was perfect <laughs> that's great now i guess um we could talk about the the minnesota high school hockey championship if you know anything about that and like the whole like crazy hairstyles that all the high school kids do like before like the big tournament are you aware of that? Is it beyond like mullets? Like, do they go really crazy? Oh, they I get, they get noticed... really, really crazy with their facial hair now and like everything. Damn, I didn't know high schoolers could pull that off. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 uh, they go all out for sure. That's pretty cool. Is that just like a Minnesota thing? Yeah, it's just the Minnesota like hockey championship, like the state ones. Like, they, it's become a tradition probably the last like five to 10 years. At least some hockey leagues keep us the Minnesota or the, the hockey state then. That's cool. Yeah. Definitely. Is, uh, are there even like hockey programs in your height or like, cause you live in Carolina and Florida, the two of you, right? Yes. Yeah. Do you have high school hockey there? Uh, whew. not, not, not the public schools. No. So even in New oh, York, wow. so like even New York, like where Tom and I are raised on Long Island, there was only a handful of of uh, towns that had high school teams. And like, oh, wow. Yeah, that was like the, is. the well off um, like towns. So like obviously the town that Tom and I grew up in didn't have a hockey team. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to think. So like, you know, like even in. um you know, I'm not too familiar with like the, the Orlando like school system and stuff like that. But I, I do know that, you know, like hockey in general, like they do have some like, you know, some like junior teams and some stuff like that. But, you know, for the most part, um, you know, a lot of it is centered around like it's, you know, it's it's Florida, man. It's all it's it's all like football, man. I mean, like, you know, it's all that like SEC kind of, you know, Florida, Georgia, like, you know, like all that kind of stuff where like the real, you know, like the real pushes. And then it's, you know, like all of the, um, 
the um, pro sports that we have here, but they kind of do take a back seat. I mean, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning have, have a, a really big following now just because, you know, they've been a good team and, uh, you know, they, they're going to games is so much fun. But like other than that, I mean, like the Orlando Magic, like people really don't care very much about um, like the Marlins and the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, it's just like all the pro sports, with the exception of the NFL. It's just like people very care very little about. But when it comes to like, you know, the, you know, where I am in Central Florida, you know, USF, uh, UCF rather the Knights, and then obviously the Gators and the Seminoles, and, um, you know, uh, obviously the you know the the Canes down in Miami, you know, the U and all that stuff. Like that's big down here, man. It's like humongous. You know, people are diehard about it, and uh, you know, I could I could respect that. But coming from New York, where like college sports wasn't like Long Island specifically college sports, like people didn't really care about it. So walking into it, it's like a whole different like stratosphere. It is. Oh yeah. Like, uh, I'd, yeah, I'd say football. You, you see diehard everything up here, I guess. But, uh, yeah. yeah, we're definitely not like one of the college sports areas. Like you talk about central Florida and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd probably say similar to Long Island. Yeah, no, I know, I know you guys, you know, being from Minnesota, um, you know, I, I would, I, I guess the, the, the real question to ask is this. So, I mean, I know on, um, on, on couch, you've got those couple of songs, uh, with like, with Favre on them. So, I mean, I guess the question is, you know, are, are you Packers fans? Are you Vikings fans? Like how, uh, I, I'm just curious about that. I've always kind of wanted to ask you guys that. Oh, we're definitely all Vikings fans. And, uh, yeah, I'd say we all don't like the Packers more than a typical team. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say we hate them because, like, like Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. But, uh, yeah. like, yeah, they, they're, like, our big rival. So, uh, putting, like, Dylan kind of just made those Brett Favre sample things. And, like, it just worked so good because it was such a – I think it was when he was retiring from the Packers. Yeah. I think is which one it was. I think he retired like two or three times. So not yeah. sure which one, but I think it's the <laughs> Packers one. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. But like, I always kind of w- wanted to wanted to know the the story behind that because it's like you know figuring you guys you know from Minnesota most likely being Viking fans, which you've confirmed. Uh, and I mean, obviously, you know, he had his his you know time in the sun playing a little bit of football for for Minnesota, but. It, I was wondered why uh, the uh, the Favre stuff was on there, but I mean, it definitely like that record from start to finish. That like Favre stuff is like kind of a perfect, you know, little filler in there, just because it like fits that kind of like kind of like kind of longing sort of feeling, and it's just like really kind of sad. And uh, I mean, perfect fit for sure. But I was always wondering. I was like, are they Packers fans? Like, I don't. How could that happen? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it- I am kind of confused how it ended up being a Brett Favre one, but uh, I think we had already loved Favre because I'm trying to remember when he played for the Vikings. I'm pretty sure he had played for the Vikings already. So it was like, uh, even though it's his other retirement speech, I think we had become Favre fans at that point in our life. Yeah, the reverence is still there, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's, I mean... Packers, Vikings, they hate each other up here, but we can all agree Favre was great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, Brett Favre was a hell of a guy. And I mean, we, you know, it was kind of interesting because we, um, you know, he ended up playing for the for the Jets for a little bit. 
Um, and you know, it's kind of, um, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's people kind of forget that, but it's kind of crazy because, you know, we, we got to have him in New York for a little bit. So, um, and, uh, I think he even had a, a decent run when he was on the, on the jets, if I'm not mistaken, but, um, I, I just, I, I always thought it was super cool. It's a question I've always wanted to ask you guys, but, uh, you know, obviously that's, that was my introduction to you guys was, was that record. And then obviously, uh, you know, followed you from there. And then, um, you know, I always kind of like felt that you guys are a pretty prolific band when it comes to, uh, putting out music. I mean, like, you know, like not counting, you know, the, the first two self-release records. I mean, you put out five full lengths, bunch of splits and all that stuff in like six years. So, um, as far as like the, the songwriting and stuff goes, is it like, that you guys do you guys just get into like periods where you're like very prolific or like do you just write like a like a ton of songs and kind of like have them on the back burner or are you specifically writing for records like how does your songwriting process work um it i mean it's changed over the years too now that like making demos at home is a lot easier than it used to be like writing in person like yeah. playing a song and it coming together together but uh mm-hmm. like Dylan just loves playing guitar and he just keeps writing like like it's hard for me to keep up like sometimes because <laughs> like like he'll be like sending me demos and i'll be like jesus like you sent me like five demos in this one week but uh <laughs> like really yeah it's just it's his like i think he just genuinely loves playing to where writing just comes natural and fun to him and i mean once you know, once he's got a bunch of guitar stuff written, the song kind of just comes together from there. All right, so I, sorry for the pause, but I, I could. Oh no, problem. <laughs> I was trying to think of something else to add, but I just kind of dropped blank. <laughs> no, it's one it's of those good. things where where we um like me and Mikey like we trade off questions, and like I, I guess we've learned that um like when there's like a three second pause out of one of us, it's like like the other person's quote unquote turn. So it's funny that has actually never happened to us. Like we've always usually been pretty on the ball, but I think probably Mikey was just like enthralled by like the fact that like you guys have written like 8 million songs over six years. So he's probably just like, (laughs) Ted was just in the clouds and he just didn't even remember to ask the next question, but it's okay. You know, it's, it's, it's forgivable. Amateur yeah, hour. I almost chimed in more, but then I was like, oh, they're going to still start talking. I should, I don't want to interrupt them. Like, <laughs> it was just, I think everyone just paused together. Well, I guess I had like a silly question. So, um, you know, I, I've noticed like some of my friends have started like quarantine stashes and you like notoriously already have like a pretty epic stash. Did you like switch the bell and just like, shave off your stash for quarantine <laughs> i uh actually i could not part with it it's a you know it's it's a part of me at this point which i think it always was by definition but uh yeah i mean i quit shaving the my scruff so there's that uh dylan's actually doing a quarantine stash that's coming in pretty nice nice uh, I'm yeah, a huge... matt has one too but matt has one commonly too uh he just looks like Matt with a mustache. Dylan, Dylan looks pretty different with his mustache. Yeah, so I'm like a huge supporter of mustaches. And like whenever I get together with like friends that I haven't seen in a very long time, 
I always somehow convince them to like shave their beards into mustaches and just have like mustachio bashios. Nice. That is great. <laughs> just yeah. a formula I mean, for a wanna, good time. Do you, you want to tell that story, Mikey? Because I mean, I feel like there's just make... so many. Which one are you like the one, specifically the one talking that you about? Made... Specifically, when you made me shave my beard into a mustache, it when you came to North Carolina for the first time. Yep. Yeah. So, what what was the theme? I like, like where this is going. <laughs> so we, <laughs> my my uh, group of friends that I made down in in Charlotte, like always had like theme parties, like at their houses, and it was someone's birthday, and they had what was the theme like, like a hoedown or like yeah, it was a it was a hoedown, and you were like. Yeah, like I, I interpreted it like possible. <laughs> I totally interpreted it the way I wanted it to, and I was like, "Yeah, it's like trash. Like you got to just dress like white trash," and uh, made him shave a, a ridiculous mustache and wear like a NASCAR shirt, and we just went that way. Yeah, <laughs> it was funny yeah. because like I, I had had I'd had like a like a decent beard like growing in, and. Um, like he was just so emphatic about it. He's like, "Yo, oh, we gotta shave it. We gotta do it. We gotta do it. We gotta do it." And like finally, like I just acquiesced, and I was like, "Okay, fine, we'll do it." And like I just looked like, like terrible, like just bad, you know. Like I, like I got like you know, I'm I'm a big guy, and like I just got like a, you know, like when I have like a, a full beard growing in, like it just looks better. But like whenever you sh- like shave this beard off my face, like I end up just looking like kind of like a cherub, and like not in a good way. So. uh it was weird because I looked like I had like an angel face with like this like disgusting mustache. And I was just like, you're lucky. I love you, Mike Ryan, because otherwise I would never have done this. I would never have done it. But but yeah, I mean, um, moral I, of the story I was, though, that <laughs> the the person that was having the party did not think it was funny that we dressed up that way and was like very no, mad at all. that we broke the theme of the party. Oh, God. Did you keep the mustache for a while, though? I kept it for, it's probably like, I'd say maybe like three or four weeks. And then, like, I just finally, like, let my beard grow in with it. And then I guess, like, I kind of shaved everything down to, like, the same length of hair so I could grow it all back together. Because I just wasn't, it, it, like, it, it, like the way, like, your, your stash looks on you is, like, on point. It just, like, <laughs> it fits you. But, like, me, man, it just... It wasn't, it, I wasn't feeling it. Now, th- on that point of that stash, I mean, like, I, I know, like, obviously, like, I think I was looking, um, I think, like, a couple of years back, like, you guys did, like, a Reddit, like, AMA thread, and I think, like, they got heavy on to, like, your facial hair. So, like, has that kind of, like, become, like, a point of lore, like, with, like, fans and stuff? Like, do people, like, approach you about it often? Uh, Yeah, I guess in in general, too. Like, not necessarily fans, but yeah like i've noticed a lot of people just like to grab it and like i mean i i understand that they're not like trying to you know like be rude or anything they're just kind of like shocked by a big mustache and that's what they think to do but uh it i don't know it's it's funny for the most part i guess uh like uh it's weird how often i can sense like like someone looking at me, uh, <laughs> if if that makes sense. <laughs> no, it does. It does. Like I get what you're saying. It's just like, you know, I, I 
it's a tough thing, man, because like, I, I get it. Like I get that. Like, you know, someone's like, Oh, it's a, it's a huge mustache. Like I got to like touch it or pet it or pull it or whatever. But it's like, <laughs> it's like, man, like give me space. Like, you know, it's like that terrible, like, you know, like double standard that like still happens at shows to this day, which is like, uh, like abhorrent where like, you know, you've got like, you know, female members of bands and female vocalists where like, you know, these idiot kids are like getting up on stage and trying to like hug and kiss them. And it's just like, I don't understand like the whole idea of like where people don't understand boundaries. Like, it's just like, dude, like I, I get that. I have a sweet stash. Like ask me if you could touch it. And if I'm in a good mood, maybe I'll say yes. But like, get the fuck back. <laughs> yeah. Like I've never said no to someone, but like, uh, I guess I've never really gotten mad at someone either, but like, I, I definitely think in my head, like, they just grab my face without even asking. Yeah, kind of right. Thing. But it's like, you know, it's, that's craziness, man. It's like, you know, I, like, but I get it. Like, like I said, of course, like no one is trying to do it in a malicious way, but at the same time, it's just like, dude, like you don't know where my stash has been. You know, like I don't know where your gross hands have been. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> usually it's. Usually it's after we played a set or something too. And, oh yeah, and you're like all and sweaty. They're definitely grabbing and they're like, a sweaty ass stash. <laughs> you're like, fine, man. Like if you want this sweat, go for it. <laughs> now, are there some <laughs> foods that you try to avoid because of the stash? There are definitely foods I should avoid, but like, like it's like, like chicken wings. I I love chicken wings, but those are, I've kind of gotten better at eating with it. Like I kind of use my hand to lift my mustache as I put the food in my mouth. It's a, it's a weird little trick and it's gotten a lot better. <laughs> Sometimes I just like, like I'll just get like, if I'm eating something, like if I have like a fried egg, I almost always have to wash my mustache cause I end up with yolk in it. And it gets all, I don't yeah. know the word. Yeah. Yolky. Yolky. <laughs> and crusty. Yolky, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely spot on. <laughs> so um so just a, a, another question so i know you guys have have really i mean you've been playing together the three of you guys really since like probably like you guys are like young right like 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 high school at least like junior high school i thought i read is that is that right yeah like uh i'm pretty sure i got my drum set for my 13th birthday and like that year we basically Matt and Dylan got guitars, and we just kind of started doing little, like, for the most part, learning Blink-22 covers. That's kind of what <laughs> we started with. And that that's actually the question I was, I was really leading into was, you know, so when you guys were starting out as a band, I mean, you know, obviously your, your sound has kind of developed tremendously over time. But I mean, like, you know, I remember first listening to, to Couch and just being like, whoa, these guys are like really on to something like this is like fresh and awesome but like when you guys were were really starting to play like what influenced you guys to like make your own like original music like what kind of were you feeling at the time uh it was basically like like the stuff that uh like pop punk i guess like 182 some green day some 41 okay. uh I guess anything in that realm, like I know uh, a few years into it, we started like 
I guess that's when we were to kind of do our own kind of punk stuff songs. But like that was more when we started getting influence from bands like Thursday and Me Without You. And then like and then we heard of that the band Fall of Troy. Oh sure. That was kind of like when Dylan started like uh wanting to like learn and write really hard guitar stuff and like shreddy kind of things. All uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so um I guess moving into a hockey question, um I was I was wondering like what it was like to grow up in Minnesota during the time like the Mighty Ducks movies were coming out because like you know, as a hockey fan growing up in New York, like that movie is what really like hooked me to the game of hockey. And like, you know, the fact that it took place in like your backyard, like must have definitely been like a moment of pride. Yeah, I mean, I like I remember like just loving them movies and like we live like two and a half hours from Minneapolis and I like, I think, what is this? Are they in, like, Shakopee or... Uh, God, I can't think of the city that, like, the Mighty Ducks are in. Eden Prairie, maybe, or something? Like, whatever it was, I remember, like, thinking, oh, that's cool, because I, I, like, know that town. That's in Minnesota. And, like, it it definitely did give me, like, a hometown pride, which I don't know if you're supposed to get that when a movie's made in your home state. Like, California definitely doesn't think that way because they have most of the movies but uh yeah like one of the few movies i can think of that's a minnesota yeah and like that that diner is actually like a real like tourist attraction right because of that the one that Uh, charlie's mom worked at yeah yeah uh yeah i'm blanking on what that's called too but i know that like that's a real place yeah, and like the moment where they're all like, especially in the the second Mighty Ducks, where they're all like um, playing for Team USA, but they're all like sharing out, like I'm from St. Paul, Minnesota, and like going around, like that that had to just be so cool to hear. Like, obviously, none of the kids were from Long Island, New York, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of speaking of Mighty Ducks, um, Joshua Jackson, uh, like you know. He just like kind of showed up out of nowhere in that like new series, Little Fires Everywhere. Um, and it's so weird to see him like as like an adult and not as like, you know, like, like a like a teenager, like playing hockey. I, I always thought oh, it was kind of yeah. weird. So um, and like <laughs> I saw him and I was like, oh, my God, it's Joshua Jackson, isn't it? And my fiance is like, uh, I, th- I think so. And I'm like, oh, how cool is that? This guy grew up, you know? Like, yeah, like he, he grew up and he decided to to keep making movies that weren't uh about hockey which is a shame but also well, you know good for you man yeah it's good to try new things i suppose <laughs> <laughs> right, right yeah now have you guys done any like minnesota wild inspired merch or anything like that actually we haven't that's kind of a good idea oh yeah we we uh I think for like kind of doing like knockoff kind of things, I think we did a 
a Ham's beer one. But other than that, I don't think we've done much. Uh, a Mighty Ducks one would be a good idea. Oh, my God. A Mighty Ducks one? That would be so epic. Like, that would just fly off the shelves. Like a Tiny Wing Carts Mighty Ducks jersey. There you go. Dude, I think you're, as, <laughs> I think you're on to something. As long as you send me one, then we're good. <laughs> <laughs> it was your idea. We, we'll give you the first one. <laughs> <laughs> and so, then, um, go ahead, Tom. Oh, go ahead, man. No, you go. You go. I'm, I'm, I cut you off again. Now, um, at, at the, uh, this past Winter Classic, they announced that Minnesota uh, would be getting the next Winter Classic. Has there been a lot of hype around uh, back home? Uh, God, actually, I didn't even know that. <laughs> so I guess not. <laughs> uh, is, that an, uh, is that like an outdoor game? Is that what that is? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are excited about that. I'm kind of excited now that you bring it up. Yeah, you know, I hope, I hope they have it. Yes, that that's another valid point. Like, I really have no idea how things are going to play out, or if they're just going to can this season and just try to start back up like they normally do. I don't. I really don't know. Because yeah, that, like like if they push that off, like let's say they don't start the new the like the new season until like November, as I was seeing some project projections. Like the way that the schedule would play out, it would be, you know, maybe March or April when the Winter Classic then would have to happen. And it, what would the weather be like at that at that point? Like, would it still be cold enough in like March, April? Uh, well, like today it was in the 40s, but it was like it felt really nice compared to what it's been. But like we've we had. We've been in the 50s in March, and we've had snow in May, so it's not really reliable. I'd say typically, April's once, like, March would be like a hit and miss, and then April would kind of be like, you wouldn't even try playing it at that point. Yeah, so. That, would that's, it be an outdoor rink, or would it, is it on a lake? They would play, I'm, I'm guessing where the Minnesota Gophers play. Oh, okay. At, at like, the, the football arena? I'm, I'm assuming, because, like, your NFL arena is a dome, right? Uh, yep. Yeah, so that wouldn't work. So I, I'm assuming it's at where the the Gophers play. Like, can you do that if it's like, can you cool it, or would it have, uh, like, once it's too nice, is it impossible to play in an open thing? You know well, what I mean? Well, yeah. The, this past year, they had one in Dallas, Texas. So, like. You know, they can do it where it's a little warmer climates, but it, it definitely uh, takes away from, like, how fast the puck moves and, and ice conditions and things like that. Yeah, I suppose if there's, like, a sun beating down on it, too, that'd be hard to stop it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like, and the Winter Classics are, are very cool, you know, the outdoor games, but, like, they're, the presentation of them, you know, is, is sometimes, especially if you're used to watching hockey games like it's just like it's very big and vacuous and like um it, it's a again a cool experience because of you know how different it is but like i don't know maybe this is just a contrarian attitude but like as a hockey fan like i don't really prefer to watch the winter classic games just because i think like presentation wise and like the fact that they can't control a lot of the elements it just makes it look very sloppy i don't know if you kind of share that 
ethos with me at all, Mikey, but like that's kind of what I have felt. I kind of love every second of it. I'm not going to lie. Just because okay. <laughs> like it's the one day of the year where the NHL can kind of shine where like it's it's New Year's Day, like a lot of the other major leagues are on break mm-hmm. or whatever. And like that's just the the like main attraction of the day. So I, I kind of like that hockey gets a little spotlight. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm on that side. I mean, I get the whole, like, it almost seems like a scrimmage. Like, just you know, no one needs to win to make a playoff kind of thing, really. Like, it's nothing huge, but, like, it is cool that it's, yeah, it's like a day for hockey. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm yeah. sure it's going to be a spectacle in Minnesota when they get theirs. Like, it's going to be, I'm sure, just all-out craziness. Yeah, it sounds like a really fun time. Like, especially if it's a warmer winter day type of, like, like you're not freezing because, like, if it, what is it, like, around the beginning of January? Yeah, it's usually New Year's Day. Mm, yeah, like, I think our New Year's Day last year was, like, negative 20 degrees, like, oh my winds God. and just, like, it was, like, a polar vortex or whatever kind of thing. So, like, that would kind of, I mean, I think everyone would ignore it because they'd have the like the hype of the hockey game to kind yeah. of like numb it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like it. Uh, I, I that's one thing that I'll, I'll I'll give to to football players for sure is man, like you know, especially paying you know playing in, in in Lambeau and stuff up in Green Bay, man. You know, when they get those those you know games in January and February, it's like almost inhuman, like to play. Yeah. Like, 15 negative 20 so you know putting hockey players out there you know it's you know definitely definitely get you get you a little bit more grit yeah that's for sure so uh one one last question um you know for, for you before we uh you know we, we let we let you go um you know you guys one of the things i love about you guys like in an era where um you know music videos kind of aren't as as big anymore because you know you don't really have a lot of places to 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 have them you know shown i mean you guys have like just an awesome array of music videos that you've done over you know your your records and stuff but the one i wanted to to ask you about specifically uh the he- the, the music video for headache where you uh <laughs> you're you're in the bathtub with all those fruit loops uh and uh, i think uh, like actually milk in there too uh no it was just hot water on it oh it was just hot water but i mean still though like what is it like taking like a full ass bath in cereal honest like uh so that that day uh like we filmed like uh what did we do like i think we were doing like the shotgun beers in front of monuments and like (laughs) stuff outside and it was like running around all day like it was a cold day there so like we were all like really cold then we got to the house to do some indoor stuff and i just remember like as soon as I got in that bath, I was like, wow, this feels so nice and warm. And then like, then after like a minute, it like it became kind of mentally hard to enjoy because it almost felt like I was in like a cup of ramen noodles because all the all the um, Fruit Loops had gotten soggy at that point. And like in the, the hot water also kind of made it. I think it smelled weird. It might've just been mental. Cause I just kind of started grossing myself out. Like yeah. I was like 
rubbing them all over myself and like yeah. dumping <laughs> milk over my face. Like, uh, as soon as I got out of there, like once I think they scooped all the cereal out and the water was like a dark gray at that point. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Cause it had all the different colors mixing into it. Yeah. And like, yeah. I think milk holds the white, so it doesn't look as gross if you have a bowl of cereal, but yeah. there's clear water that like, just, it looked really gross. And I'm just noticing, like, I'm looking just at like a, like a still photo of it now. And I never noticed this before, but like the shower caddy has like just Frank's red hot and like hidden Valley ranch in it. Yeah. What the <laughs> fuck? I love it. <laughs> yeah. It, it was funny. Right. When you started saying like, I got a question about one video in particular, I was like, he's going to ask about headache. That's for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, like I couldn't not ask about that video. I mean, like the, the shotgunning beers and stuff was awesome, which by the way, I've seen, I've seen Dylan do it like every single time. Like I've seen you guys, I've seen him just like rip a bottle of water in like a second. Like, is that something, does he still, does he still run around doing that? Uh, he's definitely capable of doing it. Uh, it's, it's mostly like a a party trick, I guess. Like (laughs) I feel like I nominate him for stuff like that. Like, well, you guys have never seen Dylan drink a bottle of water or like you never seen OFS. He can chug a beer. Like, cause uh, I think he opens his throat or something is how he's like, yeah, I just kind of do that. And I don't know if I'm capable of, cause I can't like, he can drink as fast as he can pour basically. That's, that's wild, man. It's just like, I don't, I, I still don't know how he does that, but every single time I've seen him do it, it's just like, it, it, blo- it blows my mind. Cause literally it's just like a full bottle of water and it's just gone. Just like, <clears throat> like two seconds. It's gone. So but I, I, I can't say enough how you guys just in general, um, just your, you know, the music you guys write, uh, you know, instrumentally, the, um, you know, the, the, the timbre of the songs, just how, the people you are, you're one of the most fun and enjoyable bands that I've ever seen. Um, so it is super cool to get to chat with you. It's always a pleasure to, you know, to, to get in and go out and seeing you guys and, you know, obviously, once all of this, uh, you know, pandemic stuff is over, you know, we're really looking forward to you guys getting back out there, you know, touring again, playing music again, like we we had discussed, you know, in the in the the way that's safe for all of us. You know, you guys, you know, playing music for us and us enjoying it. Uh, but um, like I said, you know, Bill, we're we're really really happy to have you on to have chatted with you a little bit. But you know, again, it's really our our pleasure. Um, you know, great band, love you guys and super super stoked for you know whatever comes in the future thanks a lot yeah we uh we can't be more appreciative that people like what we do because we love doing it so teamwork awesome. yeah no for sure man and and, and you know <laughs> i mean like you guys I, you know are one of the bands that you know i've uh you never really see bands smile as much as you know the three of you guys do when you're you're out there playing so you know that that um that those good vibes and that positivity man you know as fans we really do enjoy it so we do thank you ah thanks so much and uh yeah. thanks for the podcast too this was great absolutely man we're, we're so glad to have you on um and uh like i said you know maybe we can uh you know hopefully if this minnesota winter classic happens and you have the opportunity to see it maybe we can have you back on sometime and chat about it and chat more about you know what's uh what's coming up in the future for tiny moving parts but uh um, you know, Bill, it was such a pleasure to uh, to chat with you, man. Thank you. And Thanks again for having me. And I'll I'll send you my address for that uh, District Five Mighty Ducks Tiny Moving such Parks clown, collaboration. Bro. 
Wow. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Bill. All right. Take care, guys. Take care, buddy. I'm bathing in exhaustion. A never-ending train wreck. I swear my legs, they function. But I'm assembled to crawl. I'm heading east of Benson. To glorify a casket. Whether it's Swift Falls or St. Paul. I can't spend another Did you enjoy that as much as I did? Oh, I absolutely did. Um, and now uh, I can't stop thinking about Hans from the <laughs> Mighty Ducks. So <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I just, uh, as we were talking about him, I just started like looking him up just to see, uh, um, just to kind of remember what his face looked like. And oh boy, that's Hans if there ever was one. Well, it, it's also crazy that like one one of the movies was like Hans, and then like his weird doppelganger's brother came in franz like it was like hans and franz, franz. yeah <laughs> like i mean like great names for brothers you know <laughs> but you know i i know that uh disney plus is bringing those movies back like all of them onto like their yeah. streaming service and there's also been mm-hmm. rumors that there's going to be like some kind of reboot damn and like even if it's just a rumor at this point like that alone is enough to keep me getting a subscription a subscription to disney plus because yeah like yes those movies are corny like yes they're not the best hockey movies but that is our childhood and like that's the same with people that like grew up with the movie slapshot like yes i appreciate i I appreciate the movie slapshot for what it is and like being like a a hockey movie but yeah Mm -hmm. that movie's not (laughs) like award worthy or anything like that's it's a goofball movie and like that's how we feel with the mighty ducks yeah i mean the, the coolest thing you know about about Slapshot is uh you know just getting to see you know paul newman doing his thing but i mean like it's like i don't know like the more i think about a like a, a movie like goon i mean like i think that is like kind of becoming like the quintessential hockey movie but um i mean i would love it if if there was some sort of mighty duck spinoff or even if it was some sort of like a live action like limited series or anything that could, you know, just give us a little bit of hockey right now. Um, I, you know, I would love, I know you would love speaking of which, um, I know that they had just uh, announced a little bit of info about, um, how they're looking to potentially continue the hockey season. Cause they were talking about doing neutral sites, but they had kind of shot that down. Um, so what were they planning on doing now if it comes to it? So now they are like, limited it down to like one team per division and they they would have like these neutral sites well they're not even necessarily neutral sites but like all the teams would fly in like to that specific city and okay finish out the rest of the season and it's kind of like um i'm not sure if you're familiar with like the professional lacrosse league that started this past summer no i'm not yeah so you know what they have done is they would pick one city per weekend so like boston for example 
and then like mm-hmm. all the teams in the whole entire league fly into Boston for that weekend and there's just like a ton of games like from like all day. Oh, okay. Which is kind of cool, but it's kind it's, of like how they kind of like how they do um uh the like first couple of rounds of the like NCAA like uh basketball tournament, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I, they'll do like games literally from like 12 noon to like 12 midnight essentially. Yeah, so it it would be you know hockey all day all weekend whatever it may be just okay. to like finish out the season and uh Bettman also came out and said like at minimum there's going to need to be a 3 week training camp so like oh of course absolutely yeah so i i really don't know what this means for like the the following season like the 2020 mm-hmm. 2021 season like when yep. that would start but it, it seems like the NHL is not ready to give up on this season and they want to finish it out. So, you know, it, it'd be cool because one of the cities yeah. that was mentioned was Raleigh. But, you know, I, I'm sure it's going to be played with no fans anyway. So, of course, I yeah. don't think it really and, would make, and it's one make of those a difference. Things. It's like it's like, I, you know, I, I myself would love to see the hockey season, you know, come to a conclusion, uh, you know, in a better way than just the, the way it has. And I mean, I'd love to be able to watch hockey again. You know, I mean, that's that's an important thing to me. It's an important thing to all of us. Um, but the couple of things I think about is like, you know, number one, you know, you're getting all of these guys together. You know, they're going to be, you know, playing out there. They're going to be, like I said, sweating, bleeding, all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, is it really the safest thing? Uh, you know, that's that's one of the things I think about, number one. But number two, you know, with saying, you know, like a mandatory at least two to three week camp. I mean, you got to do that because, you know, these guys have been like us, you know, sitting around for two, two and a half, you know, two months or so. And now the last thing you want is guys, you know, being out there brittle and not warm and ended up hurting themselves and, you know, creating a real difficulty among franchises like that. So um, I'm torn. I mean, like, would I like to see hockey again, you know, in the near future? Of course. I'd prefer to see it the right way, but you know, it's, you know, whatever, whatever we're going to get is better than nothing. Yeah. You know, it it could be, you know, some good content too, though. Like, so Mm -hmm. if there's two teams playing, but like all the other teams from the, that division are also in the building, like them being fans and like actually sitting in the stands and like watching the game, like that could, that could be hysterical. Can like you imagine, can you imagine Ovi? being like a fan at these games like what he would be doing in the stands like it'd be the maniac yeah it'd be grade a content i agree i mean and to the, for that i agree i mean i, I do I, I see your point there i think it'll be you know so much different than anything we've ever experienced but at the end of the day as long as you know uh, the, our, our guys can do it safely and as long as they're not putting themselves in harm's way um you know and i'm sure they'll probably give a lot of these guys a choice you know and say hey listen if you feel comfortable you know, we're, we're doing it again because a lot of these guys are, you know, hockey is in their blood and in their veins. I mean, I'm sure most of them are going to be like, yeah, let's do it. Let's get her, you know, but it, it remains to be seen. But if it does work itself out, you know, with these, uh, you know, like one site per division that they're kind of talking about, hell yeah, man, let's do it. Yeah. So, you know, we, we kind of talked about a blast from the past with the Mighty Ducks and another blast from our past was the show Boy Meets World. and like. Every dude's first first crush was Topanga Lawrence. Like, of course, of course. And your 
you know, Tom's Corner, Tom's recommendation for the week is this band Charmer that actually has a song titled that's Topanga Lawrence. Oh, of course. So Yeah, Charmer Charmer is awesome, man. They're uh they're a band out of Michigan. They had uh, just dropped a new record on No Sleep Records called Ivy. And I mean it is just so good. Um they're uh they're kind of uh, you know up and up and coming. I mean, you know, No Sleep Records is a smaller label, but they're a label that's well known for producing a lot of great music, you know, gone on to, you know, big, huge things. I mean, the wonder years, you know, one of the bands that were on no sleep, um, you know, band drug church was on no sleep. And a lot of these guys have kind of graduated and signed, you know, the bigger deals with, with bigger labels, but, um, super sweet band charmer. Um, you know, if you've never listened to them, I mean, they've got kind of like a sort of a, a you know, a, an emo kind of fuzzy vibe, you know, kind of good, like indie rock stuff. I mean, they've got a, it's kind of hard to explain them, but uh, really, really love them. And, um, you know, I hope you guys uh, dig them. You know, we're going to be kind of doing our, uh, our showcase, uh, which uh, did we come up with a name for it? No, I think just the, the unnamed segment is just the, even better. The unnamed segment. I mean, we could probably come up, you know, what we should do, you know, what we should do, we should brainstorm like two or three names, put up a poll, and let our like listeners just like pick what it's called. Yeah, you know um, that's what we should do. Uh, now, now the the question is trying to figure out what we're gonna, what ideas I'm gonna come up with. Well, we can do that later. Let's let's not drag this on. Um, Charmer's awesome. I really hope you guys enjoy this little showcase of them. Um, on that note, uh, anything else we want to talk about before we uh, we hit the hammer down on this episode? No, you know, as I was listening to Charmer, I got kind of like a Kayak Jones vibe. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of that band. So sweet. I definitely will be listening to Charmer for the weeks to come. And uh, I will let you go, Tom. And it's been real. And peace be with you. And also with you.